Hi, this is Jen with Bright Families Nutrition. Today's podcast is about women and losing weight, particularly losing weight after a baby is born. About once every month or two, I get a question from a young mom that goes something like this. Um, I love my baby. I'm feeling super happy, but my baby is five months old and I haven't lost any of the baby weight. And I heard that nursing would take it off and I'm totally watching what I eat and it's not coming off. So I start to ask him some questions. I have five kids of my own. I've done this whole, you know, weight gain, weight loss after baby process five times. And I've learned a few things of what works and what didn't work. So usually my first question is going to be, are you drinking water all day and other fluids that keep you hydrated? Are you getting any electrolytes? Because it is so easy to confuse nursing thirst with hunger, especially if you're young and you have a pretty fast metabolism anyway. I found this to be very difficult to distinguish when I was pregnant with my, after I had my first baby. So I was way overcompensating on my calories when I was actually just very thirsty and not very good at distinguishing that at age 22. So that's always my first question, hydration. The next question is still not, what are you eating? It's, are you sleeping? Because when you don't get enough sleep, which is very easy as a young mom, a new mom, then it changes everything. It changes your appetite. It changes your perception of when you're full. It changes what foods you like to eat. And it changes your motivation for exercise. It also tends to make you kind of you know, brain foggy to not get good sleep. Now, this is particularly noticeable after the first baby, but it's really the case after every baby that you are intensely preoccupied with that baby. I've read researchers that liken it to having OCD, where you just keep thinking about the same thing over and over again, like, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? But except it's, what's my baby doing? Are they breathing? Is she happy? And you're thinking about your baby all the time. And obviously, this is how they stay alive and how you don't forget them when you go places, right? Although I usually have at least one dream after each baby that I've gone to the store and forgotten the baby at home. So when you are underslept and you have a ton of this new thing on your mind, it tends to easily raise your cortisol if you also feel a lot of pressure in other areas. If you're trying to keep the house clean, you're trying to jump back into a job or a very busy schedule that you had before with whatever or a lot of social obligations or family obligations. So it's a time of a lot of adjustments after a baby, <clears throat> particularly after the first one or two. And if you have too much on your plate and you're, not, you're already not getting very good sleep in the night times, you're going to see that often show up in weight that stays on. Now, I know people who are very disciplined about what they eat, very, very disciplined. They may lose the weight initially, but it, the proportions change where the weight stays and they don't feel that great. 
So it could be that you're disciplined enough to eat celery sticks in spite of wanting chips and candy because you're so tired. And then you may be very brain foggy because your brain uses 20% of your calories at least. And it's really not going to be happy when you're shorting it that much. So what is the solution here? Well, for one thing, if you have one baby and you're still adjusting as you are going to be for many months, you need to change your routines or just simply lower your expectations what during that adjustment period as you adapt to having a new baby. It is so common in America for people to become very socially isolated when they have just one kid and the woman is staying home to try to be a very present mother and she's just not seeing many people and the baby may or may not be on any kind of schedule often they're not and the mom often doesn't know how to make really satisfying use of her time when the baby is asleep you'll hear the advice sleep when the baby sleeps and almost no one does that because as soon as the baby's asleep you want to check your email or clean the house or whatever, or work out, right? So then by the time the baby's done with their nap, you are tired. So what I tell new moms is maybe you won't be really willing to sleep when the baby sleeps, but lay down when the baby sleeps. You know, do something for five or 10 minutes, do a little damage control around the house, toss a load of laundry, quickly pick something up, chop vegetables for dinner, whatever you can't do when the baby's awake, right? Whatever you really can't do. But then lay down. Read, check your email, but be horizontal, holding still, and get a cup of tea or something to hydrate you to make up for all that nursing you're doing. And you want to build moments of relaxation into your day, and you also don't need to create the expectation on the part of your child that mommy is going to be available every single waking moment. Ultimately, you'll want to clean when your baby's awake as much as you can, so that when your baby's asleep, you're really off the hook. So it takes practice to figure out exactly what your personal mix is going to be of what you're going to do when the baby's awake, what things you really enjoy doing when it's peaceful and quiet. But the goal is not to try to fit everything you need to do into the baby's naps. Because that really should be your time to recharge or do something that you can't do when they're awake. And I always encourage new moms to get out and see people. Volunteer. Go help a mom with a couple more kids than you. Help watch her kids so your kid gets to see more kids. Volunteer. Go to church. Go to the park. You know, walk yourself over there. Get a little bit of exercise. Don't set yourself up a five-mile walk, but just go someplace where you can be out in the fresh air potentially meeting people, potentially moving your body at least once a day. Maybe that means just walking to the grocery store. We have very, very many happy memories of walking to the grocery store that was basically across the street. But with little kids, you'll see spiders and look at the flowers. And, you know, it actually turns into kind of a little nature event. So on the health side... When you are stressed and you're not you're not 
getting the nutrients that you need and your body perceives that there's some sort of emergency. Because why would you not eat if the calories were there, right? What you take in to you, through your mouth is a signal to your body about what is available in your environment. So if you go on some really restrictive system and say, okay, I'm going to cut all my carbs to lose the baby weight. For one thing, you're probably really going to be dragging because manufacturing milk is pulling sugar and nutrients right out of your blood into your mammary ducts to make milk for that baby. So if you are not eating much carbs or you're trying to do keto while you're nursing, this is going to be a very stretched out kind of painful process to get enough sugar into your milk for most people. You're also probably going to get kind of brain foggy because your brain would really like to have some steady sugar in your blood. And any extra calories that you do eat when you have a quote moment of weakness after being strict are going to be much more likely to turn into fat than if you were just eating regularly. Having your cortisol high because your body perceives that you're under stress can also make sugar taste extra good and salt and fat. And this is always one of those signals to me that I have not gotten good sleep for a couple days because I'll wake up in the morning wanting cheesecake and chips instead of real food. It can also start some inflammatory process and change your appetite. And it will tend to put weight on in your middle, which is, of course, when women don't want it at all. And then... It will tend to inhibit your intelligent decision-making side of your brain, the frontal cortex, so that you're more reactive than proactive. You're not planning your day. You're just kind of getting through your day, which is what many, many women describe feeling like when they have a baby. And it's not fun. You want to feel like you're kind of in charge of your life still a little bit, right? Your sleep will tend to not be as good. You'll feel kind of tired and wired if your cortisol is too high. You'll have trouble falling asleep at night. Now, this can also happen to many new moms because they're anemic. They haven't really replaced the blood loss and all those nutrients that went into um, helping their baby grow. And, of course, when you're not sleeping as well, you don't feel like exercising. So if you manage to make yourself exercise through willpower which is not something I'm very good at doing, it will feel harder. It is harder. (laughs) So you won't go as long. You won't have as valuable of a workout. So you can see how restricting what you eat too much and not taking the time for sleep can set into motion this whole kind of cascade of events where you're signaling your body that there's an emergency that there really isn't. It's just that our behavior is sending those signals to our body that there's an emergency. There's not enough calories. There's not enough time to rest. And that's our expectations of ourselves and the way we put pressure on ourselves kind of starting this whole cascade. So over time, over the long term, high cortisol will damage your thyroid function. And of course, that causes hypothyroidism or perhaps Hashimoto's. And then you're dragging in a whole different way. It's a whole different level of brain fog than just being too low carb for a week. So after years of having these conversations, I can almost kind of tell who's going to come to me 
and say, yeah, I've been watching what I eat really carefully. I'm tracking my calories. I'm never going over 1500 and I'm, you know, walking and stretching and lifting weights and I still can't get these last 10 pounds off. And I, I can almost tell who's going to say this to me in advance before they start saying it because there's a particular style of weight gain that tends to happen when women are very disciplined and yet they're not even really eating enough. And so the cortisol is a little high. Sometimes they're coming and saying, I actually haven't been able to get pregnant for five years or something, 10 years. Or sometimes they're saying, I've just never felt right after I had my second or third or fourth kid and I've never lost the weight even though I've been so careful, right? So this is a case where I explain that they've sent their body signals that things, the whole system in their environment is just really tight. Things are really tenuous, right? If you're always cutting your carbs and your calories, then you're sending the message that there's a shortage, right? Otherwise, what human does not eat what's available in their environment? And so the solution is, regardless of whether intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating or any of this works for your husband or your brother, in most cases for women who have a basically functional metabolism, I'm not talking about people who are highly, highly insulin resistant. I'm talking about if you started out with a basically functional metabolism in your 20s or 30s, you do not want to then send these messages that there are no carbs available in your environment and there are not sufficient calories because then you set into motion this whole cortisol stress cascade. So I always tell women, eat some healthy carbs. Basically, don't watch your fruit. Do not watch your fruit. I have yet to meet a human who can honestly tell me that they became overweight eating too much whole fruit, or for that matter, too much potatoes or carrots. I do not care what the glycemic index says about potatoes and carrots. Animals may become fat eating potatoes and carrots and apples, but I have never met a human who's become fat on that. So There are studies also indicating that whether you cut out your carbs very restrictively or whether you cut out the refined carbs restrictively and eat fruit, it's the same in terms of weight loss, changes in fatty liver, whatever metrics you want to look at, it's the same. And it could be that that's partly the case because when people eat fruit, they're slightly more full and they eat slightly less of the other things. But regardless of the mechanism, it's the same. So I feel sad when I hear people saying, oh, I'm not eating any fruit because it has too many carbs. And I said, you know, compared with basically any grain or cookie or any other carb that you could eat, there's, there's no logical reason to cut out, you know, that half of an apple or something. So the bigger picture is you want to eat enough calories and if you're a woman, particularly enough carbs to signal your body that everything is okay in your environment. That does not mean you have to eat a full large sweet potato every day or every meal. Some women find that they 
like to cycle their carbs. And on some days that they're more active and they know they will want more carbohydrates, they know they'll be craving it after their workout a couple of hours later, then they plan for that. They say, oh yeah, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to eat a big sweet potato with my lunch because I took a big hike in the morning. I'm not that systematic, but many people like to be. If you like to be systematic about what you eat, this is where to be systematic and you'll actually get the results you're hoping for. Not just cutting your carbs or cutting your calories overall. If you like being systematic, just be systematic about getting enough carbs on the days you've worked out more. Some people like to time it so they have more of their carbs in the evening. As a nursing mother, I most definitely wanted carbs in the morning. Um, If the baby's nursing at night, they're literally taking your sugar as you sleep. So I always wanted carbs in the morning, but again, that's going to depend on the person. In terms of making sure you're not spiking your cortisol and causing this stress cascade, here's a few things you can do. If you're drinking coffee in the morning and you didn't eat late at night, you probably don't have a bunch of sugar in your liver stored to just put into your bloodstream. So you need to have coffee with cream or better yet, have your coffee with food. So if you have a routine of coffee, that's fine, but drinking black coffee by itself can be a cortisol trigger. And in general, eating not too long after you get up, you know, within an hour is the common recommendation, although there's going to be some latitude there. Basically, don't walk around your whole morning hungry because you couldn't take the time to eat. And don't use coffee as a substitute for eating all morning. Now, when I was a younger nursing mom, I would eat basically the second I woke up. Once I got into the second half of my 30s, I could manage without eating the very second I got up, which has been (laughs) very liberating in terms of time. But if you're hungry, simply eat. And if you're hungry for carbs in the morning, just eat the carbs. If you're not hungry for carbs, you know, then don't. Have, you know, protein, fat, vegetables. There are other ways to lower your cortisol, such as taking breaks throughout the day. Some moms lay down while their kids nap and they read, or they just do something that's kind of relaxing, like uh, an art project, you know, needlework, something where you kind of lose yourself in the creative process is going to lower your cortisol. Obviously gardening, you're outside, you're touching the dirt, pottery would do this. Even just stretching, you know, turning on some relaxing music and stretching when you have some time that you can do it alone and hopefully kids are not crawling all over you, that's going to be really relaxing. Talking to a good friend, not a stressful friend, but talking to someone on the phone who really gets you, that's going to be relaxing. And laughing at something, so you could just, you know, whatever your comedian is your favorite, some silly movie, comedy sketches, that's going to be super relaxing. Anything that you're cuddling with, obviously it's relaxing to hold your baby, but you already do that a lot of the time. So if you have, or if you don't have a baby and you have, you know, a dog or a cat or a bunny that you can kind of like just, you know, pet while you have your cup of tea, that's going to lower your cortisol. One mom told me recently that her kids are trained to leave her alone while she's drinking tea, which seems like a terrific thing. 
So she gets 10 to 15 minutes where she sits down and people don't really ask her questions too much. If you aren't a napper, but you feel tired and you'd like to recharge, a tip I learned that's been really, really helpful is to lay down with your back on the floor. I usually put a yoga mat or some kind of, you know, blanket under me on the hard floor and then put your feet up against the wall or on the bed and do that for 10 to 20 minutes. And that tends to make some of the blood flow back into your torso and your head out of your legs where it's accumulating during the day. It's very recharging and it recharges you faster than simply laying on your back. And I think if you have one of those zero gravity chairs, they're also kind of recharging in that same way, which is very nice. But I just I just do it on the floor with my feet up. <clears throat> so those are some ways to lower your cortisol. One of the general recommendations is if you start to feel tired, just sit down. So often moms start to feel tired and they just say, I'm just going to do a few more things. And you end up doing 20 or 30 minutes more things. When you could have sat down and read the kids a story or just told the kids, you know, mom's going to sit down for 10 minutes. And so that could be a case where making a cup of tea is a good self-timer. You put the water on to boil or you make it with the Keurig and you sit down and sip it until it's done, 10 or 15 minutes later. And you sit down as soon as the tea is ready, not 15 or 20 minutes later. So that, that process of sitting down as I start to feel tired before my cortisol spikes a little more has also helped me to be in a much better mood as a mom. Because when you're continually pushing through f- fatigue, if you're not a saint, you tend to get edgy and cranky. And I'm most definitely not saintly as far as that goes. And so it's just better for me to sit down and get a little less done and be a much nicer mom than to continually power through fatigue and be a cranky mom. So hopefully this has been helpful, kind of looking at the big picture of cortisol, weight loss, weight gain, Don't pick an arbitrary fasting, eating, timing, food system if you are having a menstrual cycle or you're pregnant or nursing. There is just too much variation from day to day to eat exactly the same way every day. I know guys do this. I know, you know, 50-year-old men say this is the best system ever. That's great. But I do not know many women who would say this is the best system ever long term. And if you go on some of these paleo, low-carb, keto kind of blogs, and you look at the comments by women, you will hear, you'll see a lot of stories of women saying, everything was great, and I thought going on keto would make it even better. And three months later, my cycles are a wreck. My skin broke out. I feel really weird, emotional, weepy. This took a good thing and made it not better. So... Just eat throughout the day. Don't keep yourself super hungry. Don't be afraid of carbs. You will not get fat 
You will not stay fat eating fruits and vegetable carbs. Feel free to reply in the comments if you're the rare person who actually put on all the weight just eating fruits and potatoes. You can be the first. But it is very easy to undereat accidentally as a woman when you cut out carbs. This is how low carb diets work, which is terrific, right? It's very easy to eat too many carbs and it is great to find your sweet spot. But you don't want to end up eating under 1500 calories when you're a 25 to 35 year old mom, maybe nursing a baby, because you've cut out all the carbs and your appetite is not super assertive. And then over time, you're going to find that you just don't feel that great. All right. So anyway, hope this is helpful. Good luck to all you new moms out there or even experienced moms with a new baby. I know it's a process. I know you want to get the weight off and get back into your regular clothes. It will happen. It will absolutely happen. Just take it easy, hydrate, and eat real food. All right, take care.